The intent of this session is to give you a taster of what it will be like to attend one of our courses. So for this particular session, we will be introducing you to entrepreneurship and innovation by myself, Dario Binishar, and we will be looking at what entrepreneurs do and the challenges they face in growing a business. So a little bit of background uh, to myself. Um, so I recently completed my PhD at the University of Cambridge, focused on corporate venture capital investments and business growth strategy. Prior to which I got an MBA from the University of Glasgow and then got a BA uh, from the University of East London. I had the privilege of teaching strategy and marketing at the George Business School at the University of Cambridge. I've also taught strategic management at master's level I'm at the University of Natumbra. I've had the privilege of teaching in King's College in the City of London and Capital Markets and Investments and, of course, Entrepreneurship at the University of Roehampton. And in addition to my academic experience, I've also um, had the privilege of uh, being deal origination advisor for European operations for yet two ventures, a US venture capital firm. And I've also um, played a role as um, a, an advisor for an investment firm in Switzerland on the buy side uh, for venture capital. So all these experiences I, I bring to my role um, uh, here, um, at our business school. So a key So about our business school. So why exactly are we doing this at this point in time? The reason to found our business school stems from my experience of teaching in various universities across the UK. So I remember, for example, walking into a class and a group of students approached me and said, you know, Professor, we appreciate the fact that all this exciting theory that we're being introduced to um, is useful. However, for those of us that are graduating soon and moving into the world of work, and um, what is much more crucial and important to us is the skills and experience that we can apply in the workplace. And in as much as we were excited as lecturers to share skills and give students experiences that would be, be a practical benefit to them in the real world. Um, within the framework of, for, for example, the University of Roehampton, where I taught capital markets and investments, um, there wasn't room for flexibility. So for example, we could introduce students to concepts such as capital asset pricing model, but we weren't able to show them exactly how to go out there and make sound and high quality investment decisions. We told them, for instance, what capital market securities were, uh, for, for instance, equities, bonds, and derivative products and so on. However, we had no medium to enable them actually 
and utilize their theoretical insight to buy a security. So, or to manage risk or manage a portfolio. And so uh, for us and for myself, it was a challenge because to what essence is knowledge if it cannot be applied? And that was the basis upon which our business school was founded. And the intent for us is one, to expose students to practice focused learning so that they can develop skills and experiences that they can use in their various endeavors, whether it's within an existing organization or to set up a business of their own. So the intent is to provide a range of business and management programs. At the moment, we have 10 experts that we work with. Six of them have PhDs. One has a DBA, that's a Doctor of Business Administration, and three of them have MSCs. Our experts come from a variety of institutions across the UK, including the University of Cambridge, City University of London, King's College London, Queen Mary um, University of London, the London School of Economics and Political Science. And so as you can see, the intent for us is to one, make education accessible, but still at a high quality. So regardless of where someone may be located or where they've come from, they still have access to the best expertise across uh, the world. So the key learning outcomes for this particular session is threefold. The first is to understand the role that the entrepreneur plays in an organization. The second is to understand the challenges that they might face in growing a business. And of course, lastly, is to understand how all this fits into the seven-week program that we as scheduled to begin in May. First of all, I think it'd be helpful for us to distinguish between concepts because I think sometimes people um, do confuse which is which. So when we talk about creativity, innovation, entrepreneur, and entrepreneurship, what exactly is it we mean? Um, creativity and innovation both have Latin origins. So with creativity um, originating from the word creo, which means to create, and innovation originating from the word innovare, which means to do something new. When you look at the word entrepreneurship, it originates from the French word entreprendre, which means to undertake. So if you look at entrepreneurship from the entreprendre uh, definition, it means that someone who undertakes a new project could be within an existing organization or do that outside an existing organization. We've included the description of entrepreneurship, which involves entrepreneurial activities within existing organizations, because that is typically um, utilized in firms today. But within the confines of this program and this session, we will stay with entrepreneurship. 
because if you look at its origins, it could actually refer not only to individuals setting up businesses of their own, but to individuals that may be working within an existing organization. Very crucial as a result of these key descriptions is to understand the linkages between these key concepts I've just described. So for instance, um, creativity, thinking new things, innovation, doing new things and entrepreneurship, creating value in the marketplace as a result of thinking and doing. Most people sometimes confuse these three different concepts and you hear people thinking new things, you know, having the impression that they become entrepreneurs as a result of thinking, which is good. However, even better is being able to take thoughts to do something new. But it doesn't stop at that because one could actually do something new without being able to create value. So understanding the train and the line of thoughts from the thoughts in one's head to developing a new product or service to then making money or creating value as a result of that product or service is very, very important. So in essence, for us, entrepreneurship is the result of creativity plus innovation. I'd like you to consider two questions. Um, what do entrepreneurs do and why do we need them? Very uh, topical questions. And as a result of looking at extensive work that has been done over the last 35 years, we found that entrepreneurial endeavors were typically grouped into two. So one, there were those that were involved at the earliest stages of the firm, so research and development efforts, in addition to trying to sell a first product or service, and then entrepreneurship activities at the growth to mature stage of the firm, which relates to mostly administrative relation related activities. And you would find, uh, at least we found, based on extensive research, that the skills required at this different stages differ. Why do we need entrepreneurs? For various reasons. Of course, we know they can be a source of employment generation for themselves and for those within their communities and within the economies within which they operate. But entrepreneurs can also be a source a useful, very useful source of innovation. Entrepreneurs can contribute to productivity and firm growth, as well as the productivity and growth of economies. In addition, entrepreneurs can, as a result of their own endeavors, increase their utility levels by increasing and maximizing wealth. And as a result, they can make um, much better contributions to society as a result of their success in their entrepreneurial endeavors. However, after all is said and done, one might be able to think something, do something, but not be able to create value. So in order to be a successful entrepreneur, 
what are the key things that are required? So um, extensive work, which we have taken into consideration in designing our program shows that at the early stages, of course, very crucial is the skill and experience of the entrepreneur themselves, of the owner of the business. Their ability to take the idea, turn it into something tangible and make it fast sale is very crucial. And of course, in order to achieve that objective, cash is king. So whatever it might be that the entrepreneur might be doing, this should be with consideration for the necessary liquidity to achieve their goals and objectives. Of course, as the firm begins to grow, it, things then move and shift focus away from just the entrepreneur themselves. And things begin to focus more on, for instance, the administrative experience of the entrepreneur, the ability to delegate key tasks to people that might have domain-specific experience. And of course, the ability to develop systems and procedures that enable the organization to sustain its operations. These key success factors relate to not just the entrepreneur, but to the company. So on the entrepreneurial side and on the side of the individual, the key thing is the capability, the ability to be able to do but on the organization side is having the right structure and processes in place to translate thoughts into results. So that is very, very important as well. So we see that these capabilities, structure, processes, and operations all differ at different stages of the firm. And so that is why you find it is important to understand the different stages of firm growth and the necessary capabilities, skills, and resources required in various stages. So you will see from the email on the screen that at the earliest stages of the firm, for instance, creativity might be a crucial resource in generating new ideas, which could then lead to innovation and, of course, value creation. However, as the organization begins to grow and develop, other things become much more relevant. So you begin to find that direction as a result of leadership becomes much more important than creativity. Delegation becomes important. Delegation and collaboration also becomes more and more important. This doesn't mean that the requirement or the need for creativity is diminished. It just means that the resources needed to generate an idea and bring, build it and take it to scale is different from what the organization needs to operate its business on a day-to-day. But of course, where the organization does reach a point where new ideas are required, creativity and innovation can then play a key role in organizational development and growth. So um, 
in achieving its objective in growing the organization and sustaining the organization, of course, um, you would have heard the phrase cash is king. So significant studies on um, small firms, particularly uh, for this case, the, what we looked at was studies of four small firms in the US across various industries. So over 800 firms were examined and what the evidence showed that was striking was that one, was that one, was that one, firms with more efficient cash conversion circles were more liquid, required less debt and equity financing and, high, and had higher return on investment. And I know this goes against conventional thinking these days, where most people think, well, I've got an idea, the next thing I need to do is raise venture capital investment, which of course can be helpful if it comes with just more than money. For example, the experience of the investors and mentors who may play a significant role because they have domain-specific experience or industrial or market experience. However, evidence shows that being able to leverage on one's core competence and build on an area of expertise can reduce the time to converting a, a product or service into cash. And as a result of reducing that conversion time, organizations are then able to organizations are then able to uh, increase the liquidity they have have less debt require the net reduce the necessity to raise equity financing and have higher return on investment you see um, after all is said and done, all this is irrelevant if one does, is not able to identify the right opportunity. Um, and this is what we will be looking at over the course of seven weeks for uh, the professional certificate that starts in May. We will look at this concept in detail, um, but just a broad overview for um, different ways that an individual or an entrepreneur could identify opportunities here. Typically, it would start with questioning the status quo. So people who would like to see things improved within organizations. So this might start um, as a result of observations, of trends. It might begin as a result of experimentation, uh, networking with people which could then lead to new idea generation. Experience also plays a key role as part of this process because the ability of the entrepreneur to see or to sense opportunity will depend on their domain-specific knowledge or experience. And of course, I would have to, at this point, refer to David Tisi's work on dynamic capabilities, and it argues like this. It is the ability of a firm to sense and seize opportunity that enables them to transform that for the benefit of the firm to continuously achieve competitive 
advantage that leads to firm sustainability. So what David Tease essentially is saying is that yes, opportunity recognition is important, but after opportunity has been recognized, being able to seize this opportunity is also crucial. And after opportunity has been seized, being able to refine one's operations to create value from this opportunity is equally important. And a good example that comes to mind is a, a leading research and development company in the UK that you may have heard about, Plastic Logic. So they developed um, bendable electronic products. And they were founded in year 2000. They raised about uh, $280 million at the time. And they were anticipated to revolutionize uh, the devices we use today. However, in 2012, they had to shut down their manufacturing operations. Why? Because they weren't able to make a sale. And two, uh, the initial investment they made in setting up the operation was significantly high. And of course, the time from research and development to actually commercializing um, the results of the uh, research, the gap was just too much uh, and too long a time for them to reap the required, required returns on, on investment. So imagine in that particular situation, if they've been able to, of course, identify the right um, or to recognize the right opportunity, develop a manufacturing plant and supply chains and value chains to, of course, um, reap, uh, create value as a result of this opportunity and then refine their existing operations. Perhaps they might be in a different place today, but they weren't able to do so. And as a result, uh, they lost uh, millions of pounds um, based on their inability uh, to reconfigure and transform their operations. Um, in bringing all this to life, I would like to leave you all um, with the story of James Watt, who is well known for his creation of the steam engine. As you all may be aware, Thomas Severy in the 1600s actually developed the first recognizable steam engine. However, it was based on James Watt's ability in the 1700s to commercialize the steam engine that he is remembered today. James Watt was able to do so not only because he identified or recognized the opportunity, but also because he was able to commercialize this in a reasonable time frame. Over a 14-year period, James Watt spent time doing research development before he could actually commercialize uh, the outcome of his work. But during that period, he wasn't committed to uh, the project full-time, and for good reasons, like most entrepreneurs, uh, would find almost intended entrepreneurs that you may have an idea and want to develop a product or service or a business but still need to hold on to a full-time job in order to 
and meet short-term financial obligations before the idea materializes. And I think this flies in the face of conventional um, entrepreneurship talk that we hear in the media today um, that says, you know, quit your job and start a business, you know, um, it doesn't matter, take a risk, you know, um, just go out there and do it. Of course, it is important for one to be able to go out there and um, follow one's dream. However, with consideration for the context and resources that one has at their disposal. And that is what we will teach you over seven weeks on our program. Um, I thank you all for listening and this is where we would leave it today.